back. We better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. Spice levels. Mm-hmm. The red one is like the least spicy one. Then I'd probably say black, then green, and then that one is like it's just so like has such a oh, yeah. like my mouth is watering just thinking about like the kick that it gives. Oh yeah, mm. it gives like a really nice kick. Well, okay. hey, maybe I might try all of them like just as 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 we progress on the oh, episode. Yeah. So with, with that said, everybody, um, if you're listening to the audio only version of this podcast, we are talking about some El Yucateco hot sauce, which is I, I just want to shout them out. Um, they are officially our new sponsor. I know I've been hyping that up the last few weeks. Um, about that, you know, they were coming into the wings, but we are officially sponsored by El Yucateco Hot Sauce, um, king of flavor since 1968. Um, emphasis on flavor, though. I mean, they got some hot, hot, hot sauces. I got, I got this triple X hot sauce right here, which is hot, pretty hot, but it's also flavorful because there's nothing more offensive in this world when something's just hot to be hot. I hate when people make hot things just to be hot. Yeah, and there's no flavor to it, but these, these are fucking delicious hot sauces. Um, I'm going to be fucking with the Black Label Reserve right here. And if you want to get up on some of this um, El Yucateco hot sauce, I mean, just go to anywhere that they sell food. You know, uh, Target, Walmart, you know, that's where I usually buy mine. Uh, you have to go to the ethnic food aisle, though, because they don't sell it like where, you know, you find like Tabasco and, and shit like this. But this is like straight really? up. I, I see it in the hot sauce aisle. Mm, maybe like at like Albertsons or something like that. Jacob's putting some on now. Mm. I'm gonna eat some on this breakfast burrito I'm um, eating right now. So it, it is, it is really delicious stuff, man. Like um, I haven't had it in hot wing form. Like when people make it in hot wing mm. form, I know that that uh, YouTube channel, the Hot Ones, uses the I think the red label. Um, oh, yeah? They use that one in, in their hot wings. I've never had that, but like it is like seriously something I would definitely want to try. Oh no! So with that said, everybody. <laughs> Wow, I'm smacking my lips. Welcome to episode 164 of Art and Jacob Do America podcast. I am Jacob P. And the place to be is sitting right across from me. Travel co-host, Mr. Art. Mr. Art, say hello to the millions. And millions. What's up, guys? Uh, glad you guys are here with us. Uh, shout out to El Yucateco Hot Sauce. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that they did this whole like team-up thing with all the Podbelly podcasts. So shout out to Podbelly as well. 
shout out to all the hilarious podcasts. Most of them are funny. Some of them take themselves really seriously. I love it. Um, <laughs> um, but also check out Caveman Coffee. Go to cavemancoffee.com. Uh, check out their entire inventory of hoodies, shirts, coffee beans, uh, cocoa butter. We had some of the hibiscus tea. The hibiscus tea is really good. I'm going to have to go get some of that for myself just to have a stash of it. Um, yeah, check it all out. It's There's some really great stuff in there. Stores are probably still not safe to go to unless you're getting necessities. So just get your caveman coffee online. Um, and while you're there, type in America at checkout to receive 15% off. Mm. And I did link both El Yucateco and um, caveman, coffee. caveman Coffee on the uh, on the webpage. So they're at the very bottom. I put some cool little like things down there. Put some crazy shit on that on that webpage. I got some crazy feedback. For some reason, I got some shit from Jesus. I don't know how I got that, but oh, he, he's like stalker status right there. Uh, I like he'll he'll text me like at like four in the morning about like oh dude I'm listening to your episode from um, two years ago dude why did you say that I'm like I literally have no idea but yeah. shout out to him for listening. Oh man, again. Oh, you could tackle um, the fucking black label reserve. I'm gonna show this right here for the for the YouTube or whatever. Tastes great on a fucking breakfast burrito, you know. Perfect fucking blend of, you know, just spice and flavor. So, shout out to them one more time. And if you want to get, like I said, art, you know, shout out Caveman Coffee. Yeah, you go you go to their website. Use promo code America to get fifteen percent off. Perfect Teco. You know, when you're doing your uh, weekly. Uh, your food run or whatever, just go to like Walmart or Target, you know, go to the ethnic food aisle and it's literally like a dollar fifty for a bottle of it. So no promo code needed. You know, tell your mama and your boo boo too. And that's all we have, baby. Cool. <laughs> Art's a little tired of the day, huh? I am a little bit tired. Yeah. I don't know how to follow that up. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but um anyways, Art, what is this week's topic? Uh we are talking about John Titor. Tito Ortiz. Is that how you say his name? Teeter? Uh, Teetor? Teeter? Teetor? Teetor? Teeter? I, I always just hear Teetor. Teeter? Yeah, what did you hear? I heard Titter. Titer. You were listening to some fucking southern podcast. I mean, Dang, David was like hella smacking his lips right now. It's delicious, dude. I can't <laughs> help it, man. Like, let's go get a goddamn camel sound bite right now. <laughs> what is that fucking Geico commercial where they fucking that home day one or whatever? Uh, but no, uh, no, I, yeah, I did hear a bunch of different podcasts on John Teeter and, you know, a lot of people would say John Teeter, you know, and like, I guess they were trying to, you know, have like a cheesy dad joke or whatever, you know, with it because Titter. Huh. Get that shit out of here. Get those cheesy horrible, dad jokes out of here. Horrible, horrible fucking podcast. But, um, no, um, yeah, John Teeter, I guess, because, um, I actually like did some like dark web research on this dude because it's just, like, it's a very interesting story. Where'd you get this I don't know if I should share. You those can say sources. it. It was just fucking the dark web, dude. Oh, it's the whole. I got on a dot onion. Just site. a basic, <laughs> you know, just fucking, a basic dark web. You know, I got a Facebook, IBM fifty one hundred. You know, <laughs> log into it or whatever. But oh. no, um, no, I was trying to uh, watch some actual videos of uh, you know the actual who who we'll get into at the end of the episode. Who actually people believe is the actual Don Teeter, John Teeter, or whatever, and so. The way I came up with, you know, the way to say his last name is just based upon how they say it. So, John Teeter. Art, tell them who John Teeter is. Uh, John Teeter is uh, confirmed to be a time-traveling uh, scientist slash military man. 
100% fact, man. Oh, okay. Now, you suggested this podcast a couple weeks ago, and I remember looking at it. I remember, like, laughing my ass off because... Let me put this food down real quick. I'm sorry. It's like the most professional podcast on the internet. Um, Because I had just recently started watching, like, Back to the Future. I had never seen any of the Back to the Future movies, like, ever, ever, ever. Like, one, two, or three. And I remember just putting that on on Netflix just to be like, hey, I've never seen it. Uh, There's literally nothing else on TV to watch or Netflix right now. So let me start this shit up. And I remember thinking to myself, like, wow, like, it's such a great concept for a movie. And I think part one, Back to the Future, it's a pretty good movie. But after that, like, part two, it starts to get cheesy. And then part three, I turn it off halfway through. But, like, there was, like, this whole, like, genre of, like, movies that, like, dealt with, like, time travel which spilled into like Saturday night television, like I, like that show Quantum Leap, if you will. Like where it's just like they were just obsessed with time travel. Like even like um, after Terminator 2 or Terminator and Terminator 2, like you just got like this whole series of fucking just time traveling, you know, entertainment. And when I initially looked this up, the story of John Teeter, it has and it borrows a lot from like these movies and these TV shows. Um, in regards to time travel. Yeah, I mean, I would assume so. I mean, it's it's time traveling, so it's like, like like what? What would you, I guess we'll get into it, but it's like, for the most part, I, I do think that time traveling, and, and he doesn't really, like, once, they, once he starts elaborating, he's not really referring to time travel in the concept that we know, like the Back to the Future concept mm-hmm. style. Um, he's referring to more like parallel universes and, and that whole thing. And like every time you go into one, it's like a slightly different like version of that universe. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, I thought that was kind of interesting. This is one of the topics that it's not something I've, I've always been hugely interested in, but I do think that the concept of time travel is like pretty interesting just cause, and I'm sure we'll get into it at the very end, but, um, it's not something I've ever believed in. I've always been very like against the the idea of time travel in general, mm-hmm. just because time itself is a man made concept. There's no such thing as time. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was I forget, I don't know what his name is. Um, but there's like that scientist. He's pretty famous on like Einstein? late night TV. No, he's like an Asian guy, but he kind of looks like Einstein. Um, Asian Einstein. Asian Einstein. I don't know what his name is. I'll I'll forward you a picture of him. <laughs> but he he shows up and he was actually on a show um called The Science of Doctor Who and um they would have him on every once in a while and he was talking about how technically time travel like has already like happened like when you put um people in a rocket ship and they're going at such speeds that time starts slowing down for them mm-hmm. like technically that is time travel cuz they're at a point where they're seeing the future by milliseconds ahead of what we're seeing it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's an interesting concept that if, if, you know, if you were able to go faster, you might be able to, to theoretically do something like that. Well, even like the, the whole thing, like when you look into like a powerful telescope, you're actually looking in the past because of like the speed of light. Like when you look at like a exploding stars or, you know, distant universes and whatnot, like when you, um, uh, Oh man, this fucking hot sauce is delicious. Um, <laughs> when when you when you get those images back, it's traveling slower than the speed of light, and you're seeing something that already had happened, like in some instances, a couple of light years ago. So, I mean, in that reference, yeah, like when you talk about time, like it's very relative. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean that's for everything. Like even like sound, the way sound travels. Like mm-hmm. you'll hear, you'll see the light first, and then you'll hear the sound later on. And that already happened by the time it reached you. Um, it's it's seconds have passed. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's definitely like there's there's definitely like some scientific backing to what what is possible with time travel. Um, you know. This guy essentially shows up on the internet back in the early 2000s. Actually, I think in 2000 is when he finally like mm-hmm. first shows up. Shows up on some forums and they're very like sci-fi-ish and like they're very like they, it almost seems like it's a fan fiction that he's writing. Like in mm-hmm. in my opinion, I would have taken it as that. It basically talks about being a time traveler from the year 2036 and how he was sent here to retrieve an IBM 5100 or uh, five one zero zero, whatever number that is. I don't think there's a correct way to say it. It's fifty one hundred. <laughs> so, um, so he he comes here to retrieve that because it's supposed to have information that is going to become relevant in the future. So he needed that now to secure it. Um, and apparently he had been here since nineteen seventy five. And he he talks about all these like random things, and he eventually posts pictures of his time traveling machine itself, his his time traveling vehicle. And this is the first thing I had, like, big issue with. Because mm-hmm. that shit looks like it's made in fucking 1999. Like, it looks like that t- style of technology. It reminds me of, um, what's that movie? Um, Event Horizon. Like, mm-hmm. it looks like yep. the shit from Event Horizon. Event Horizon, And, like, I feel like somebody just, like, he just saw Event Horizon and thought, like, this is cool. I'm going to model it after it's that. Very, like, it's very much, like, um, a product of its time. Yeah, like, that's what I was thinking as well because when I was referencing like all those movies, like okay, like Terminator, Back to the Future, like all these other these movies that were prevalent, like super prevalent at this time, like even the way he even mounted like his time machine, like was very much like the DeLorean or like he had the actual machine on the yeah, back he, of he a had sports leather cart. seats. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't recommend having in the Bakersfield heat, yeah. by the way. So, but even with that, like it's just like okay, like why would you have that? And it was like the most like over the top car too. It was like a 1968 fucking Chevy Corvette. Like if you're going to mount a fucking time machine and then the way one of the ways he said that the time machine works is it doesn't actually move. So, you know, the DeLorean, you have to gun it to 88 and then like all of a sudden like you're you're going so fast that, it, you know, you break, you know, into, you know, to different time. Yeah. But like his time machine, like you just flip a switch and you just sit there in your fucking 1968 Corvette. It's like, why have a Corvette other than like you're telling a story? And then I guess later on, like he has it like in a four by a four wheel car, which again is another fucking like he's bar- to me borrowing from Back to the Future because at the end of the first Back to the Future, like Marty has a fucking like Toyota Forerunner or whatever, like this fucking you know four wheel drive vehicle as well. So it's just like to me, like it's just borrowing like a lot of like Hollywood tropes. Like I remember last week we were talking about you know EVPs, how like the way you could spot like a bullshit EVP is like the more Hollywood it is, like the creepier the voice is like, Oh, this is a, this is a hoax. You you know, what's funny. You bring that up just to reference back to that episode. I won't spend too much time on this, but, um, like two nights ago, my girlfriend was showing me this app. Oh no, sorry. It's on the TikTok app. The TikTok app has, um, like this thing that lets you see ghosts on it. Right. So it's like, you can do it. And people, she was like showing me people's reactions to it like people like freaking out to it or whatever and like how they would be like scanning a room and they'd be like all of a sudden there'd be like a silhouette somewhere or whatever and then i was telling her like 
every every time that they do this, it's I, objects that are foreground and background. You know, it, cameras can kind of like sense that. Like that's mm-hmm. when it, it needs to focus on something, and um, and so like she had it. So like let's let's try it out. Let's let's do this. Let's ghost hunt. Let's ghost hunt. And then I told her like point at that chair specifically that chair because it seemed even in the videos like it looks like ninety percent of the time they were like chairs which would, would flare up. I was like oh it looks like someone's sitting in the chair. <laughs> and so like I did it to the chair and like it showed up again. Mm. I'm just saying like the those types of things like that those like crazy technologies like that so easy to fuck with mm-hmm. so unreliable especially if you're ignorant to it yeah true you're yeah. right but yeah like you were saying john teeter um he started his post I, I don't even believe he used the name john teeter at first it was like time traveler zero yeah and it was like on the it was like uh, his first post was on the time traveler institute forum i believe november 2nd of 2000 and he, he basically he was just talking about like hey you know like you were saying like he's from the year you know 20 2036 and he has to travel back to 1975 to obtain this ibm 5100 uh, because there's going to be a problem in the year 2038 where it's pretty much like the y2k problem where you know the computers the the way a computer language reads it's going to max out you know at a certain time in 2038 and you know anybody that lived through you know the y2k crisis you know wait did he specify what the problem was i didn't see what the problem was yeah and there's like a whole wiki on it and it's it's relevant, but not, you know, worth like spending more than five minutes on. But like the, you know, 2038 problem basically is almost identical to like the Y2K problem, which is like a real, which was like a real thing. I mean, obviously nothing happened once Y2K hit, you know, when, you know, Mm -hmm. the year 2000 hit or whatever, only because like, Hey, you know, computer programmers went back in, you know, and fixed it where it's just like, Hey, computers couldn't read anything past, you know, December 31st, 1259 1999 you know because and then you know people were predicting like nuclear weapons were gonna you know uh go off you know airplanes were gonna fall out of the sky cars were gonna stop working your coffee machine was gonna stop making like espresso and was gonna make some bullshit folders instead like all these things like were predicted to happen with y2k but i guess the year you know 2036 has like or 2038 has the same problem where you know computer language it can't calculate a date past that but in what John was saying is just like, hey, this is going to cosmic event to where, you know, the same thing with the Y2K crisis was going to happen. But, you know, unfortunately, we can only use a special feature from the IBM one, or 5100 that will able be able to decode this. And that was that was hidden in there. And it was actually really hidden in there. Yeah. And that was like a true thing. Yeah. So the reason why why I ask, because I, I, I didn't see that he specifies what the issue was going to be. But... um. Which is another like red flag to me that he's very vague on yes, on very these vague. Things. So yeah, I, I didn't see that. I didn't see him specifying what the actual issue was going to be. He just said most of the time. I just read that he was he there was an issue and he needed this computer to like fix some problem that was happening mm-hmm. in, in twenty thirty six, twenty thirty eight, uh, twenty thirty eight. Um, and there was that coding in in that computer that could translate every language, mm-hmm. which doesn't make sense if you're saying that it's a uh, date related thing mm-hmm. um so i didn't i didn't see that but i 
you know that doesn't already doesn't add up if because that seems to be the thing that was actually like a hidden code that was in in that computer and in the year 2000 like you got to think like hey like what was like the hip cool computer to have it was like those like when apple was starting to come those big bold apple ones yeah like the fucking imac they had like the fucking neon green and you know ice blue colors or whatever it looked like a something out of tiger beat that justin timberlake would fucking rock with right Mm -hmm. so you got to think like where technology was at this time like i think what Napster was like be you know the beginning infancy stages and whatnot and so like tech we're we're not where we are at today where it's just like you have like a supercomputer in your pocket right now you know like where Apple's already like they're making their own um, chips right now and you know they're moving away from Intel chips to power their computers well th- this is an old ass computer right this yeah is yeah a- yeah okay and my point with that is it's just like when every time you know a, a company you know moves away from like let's say Intel and goes into like their own chips you know their own silicon you know app developers and you know program developers they have to it's like a new uh, computer language that has to be adapted and you know I was watching you know Apple's um conference wherever you know they 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 come up with new products like this is where you get like oh we're gonna release the iphone 12 we're gonna release like the ipad pro 75 inch and it's gonna be powered by this chip or whatever right and i'm not a computer head so i like half that shit like i don't know what it means but they were talking about in the middle of their presentation where it's just like hey when we move away from intel's you know processors into our own processors you know it's going to create you know a different language because we set up our processes processes a little bit different so that way they can be more powerful um, and to get, you know, most people who have, you know, older, you know, Apple products with, you know, the Intel chips in, we have to create like a, an emulator that's going to emulate those old programs so you can still run it on the new one. So Apple, in today's, you know, 2020 climate, they have things that are able to, you know, decode all this stuff. But the thing about John Teeter was he was saying that, like, you know, in the year 2000 on these Internet forums, he was saying that, like, oh, by the time 2036 hits, you know, this old language has been, you know, like, forgotten about. And we have to travel back in time to get this old-ass computer that reads all the computer languages. So that way we can debug, you know, the 2038 problem. Mm-hmm. So, wait. So as far as I was uh, I was aware, it wasn't computer languages. It was just languages in general. No, computer languages. Because a lot of places would get that confused. And so, like, when I was, like... Because if you do, like, you know, the Wikipedia research, it says that the IBM 5100 can read all languages, which, you know, leaves it open for interpretation mm-hmm. towards just like, oh, it can read Arabic and Hindu and Aramaic. Like, it can translate the original Bible. No, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about, like, computer languages. Okay. Because each different computer, you know, an IBM, Apple, Windows product or whatever, is going to read a different language, you know, computer language. And that's why you run into these problems with, like, you know, Y2K or you know, the year 2038 problem. Yeah. I don't even know why that makes sense. It's funny. Like this goes back to the whole back to the future thing and back to the future. He time travels to, um, the year 2016 or something like that. Yeah. And like 15, 15. Cause that's when th- the Cubs win the world series. Yeah. They win it in 16, but he like shows up to, they predicted a year early. Yeah. But, um, but um, he he uh, he shows up and it's like everyone's like wearing like these like weird clothes and there's like hover <laughs> cars and all this stuff. And I always think that there's like such a romance for the future, like mm-hmm. that shit's always going to be so much better. It, it reminds me of a Chris Chris Rock joke where he's like, uh, <laughs> I think it was in the year 2000. He did like the MTV Music Awards and he's like, man, when I was a kid, I thought the year 2000 we were going to be at like the Jetsons yeah. and we're not even the 
forgot what show he made fun of. Jefferson's maybe? The Jefferson, something like that. Yeah, he's like, we're not even the Jeffersons yet. It's like, <laughs> it's kind of true. Like, although, like, technology seems to be moving fairly rapid, it seems to be, like, really bullshit causes, like, cell phones and cars. Uh-huh. And, like, very little other things are progressing very quickly. Yeah, and the things that do progress quickly, it's just, like, it's not going to be as overt as, like, okay, to reference fucking Back to the Future again, where, like, this fool has fucking nikes that fucking you know lace up by themselves and shit like yeah. there is some nikes like that but they're like fucking 700 dollars, and only like jay-z and fucking kanye west wear those shit yeah able to wear and i was gonna shit. say like for the most part like things like fashion like that like like i feel like when he was in his like marty mcfly outfit like his like 1980s like clothes if you saw a guy like that wearing that today it wouldn't look that weird mm-hmm. i feel like fashion doesn't really I mean, it does. Like, you don't want to be, like, overly fashionable. Overly fashionable people are the people you look back at, like, 10 years from now. You're like, oh, Oh, my God, what a fucking joke. Like, remember when they were flipping collars up and shit? Flipping uh, collars, whatever it may be. Like, there's some dudes that, I don't know. Never mind. I was going to say, like, Fred Durst-looking dudes, but there's, like, Fred Durst-looking dudes in Oildale. So, (laughs) like, that style of, like, fat guy (laughs) with, like, trying to be, like, a white gangster thing or whatever, Mm -hmm. like. That still goes on in Oil Dome, man. Well, I mean, time stands still for people in Oil Dome. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're always 10 years behind the curve or whatever. Or any Walmart. Yeah, any Walmart you'll still see. Like. Walmart is rough to fucking visit or whatever. But, yeah, so John Teeter, he was on these time traveler um, forums and whatnot. And I guess during this time, like, people were, you know, they were always, you know, there was always people that were trolling people on these forums saying, yeah, I am from the future. I'm, you know, I know this, I know this, and... And he, you know, a lot of people w- wouldn't pass the smell test because they would say something that didn't line up with science. They would say something, you know, that would they, well tell us about your time machine. You know, it wouldn't make any sense. But I guess the the reason why John Teeter was so infamous was because a lot of things that he was saying would line up with science or what we did know about fucking physics, physics, if you will. So, yeah, and you know, he he eventually. I mean, I don't know where you have it in your notes, but. For me, the, the next thing I have on here is he eventually contacts the Art Bell Show. Yeah. Which is like, you know, we've referenced the Art Bell Show many times. But he then that's really where I first heard of this this guy was from the Art Bell Show. I didn't even know he had stuff online. Mm-hmm. But um, he contacts the Art Bell Show, and he basically sends in a fax, which I think is like a weird, weird way to communicate. Yeah, especially <laughs> but, if you're from the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't even know why he's being so low-key about things. I guess he has his reasons. <laughs> but... Um, but he sends in the facts and he's basically going on about like events and weird weird things one one of the things i will say i thought was very strange that he points out is he says that there's two to- two towers that stand that don't stand in the future mm-hmm. to me that was like fuck that is like if anything that to me is like even if you even if you're 100% like i don't believe in this this is fucking stupid that is the one thing that I'm like, that is really weird. That is a really strange coincidence. And he actually uh, faxed Art Bell this in 98, so it was two years previous to uh, the year 2000 when he was posting on these forums as a, him presenting himself as a time traveler. But I actually have um, Art Bell because he, he faxed it live on the air to Art Bell. And Art Bell, I mean, God bless him. Like He can make chicken salad out of chicken shit sometimes. You know, um, I believe on our Area 51 
um, episode, I put, I played two clips of, you know, Art Bell, you know, taking a phone call from, you know, somebody that was saying that they were flying over area 51. I mean, there's other clips of like, you know, Art Bell getting like some crazy shit from other people, other places for other things. And Art Bell just has like that talent of just making it so dramatic and so interesting. Um, but anyways, I have the actual, um, snippet from the Art Bell show. So hopefully I don't get demonetized from YouTube for this. calling in from any time past the year 2500 AD. Please let me explain. Time travel was invented in 2034. Offshoots of certain successful fusion reactor research allowed scientists at CERN to produce the world's first contained singularity engine. The basic design involves rotating singularities inside a magnetic field. By altering the speed and direction of rotation, you can travel both forward and backward in time. Time itself can be understood in terms of connected lines. When you go back in time, you travel on your original timeline. When you turn the singularity engine off, a new timeline is created due to the fact that you and your time machine are now there. In other words, a new universe is created. To get back to your original line, you must travel a split second farther back and immediately throw the engine into forward without turning it off. Some interesting outcomes of this are... 1. You meet yourself. I have done it often, even taken a younger version of myself along for a few rides before returning myself to the new timeline and going back to mine. 2. You can alter history in the new universe that you have just created. Most of the time, the changes are subtle. Sometimes I'll notice car models that don't exist or books that come out late. The oldest one was a skyscraper that wasn't built in a near favorite store of mine in New York. Interestingly, when you travel in time, you must compensate for the orbit of the Earth. Since the time machine doesn't move, you have to adjust the engine so you remain on the planet when you turn it off. Unfortunately, it was also discovered that anyone going forward in time from my 2036 hit a brick wall in the year 2564. Everyone who has ever been there has reported, has reported that nothing exists. When the machine is turned off, you find yourself surrounded by blackness and silence. Now, most time travelers are trying to find out where the line went bad by going into the past, creating a new universe, and proceeding forward to see if the same thing results in 2564. It appears the line went bad around the year 2000. I'm here now, in this time, to test a few theories of mine before going forward. Now, for the future, you might want to know about. 1. Y2K is a disaster. Many people die on the highways 
when they freeze to death trying to get to warmer weather. Two, the government tries to keep power by instituting martial law, but all of it collapses when their efforts to bring the power back up fail. Three, a power facility in Denver is able to restart itself, but is mobbed by hundreds of thousands of people and destroyed. This convinces most that maybe we shouldn't bring the old system back up. Four, a few years later, communal government system is developed after the Constitution takes a few twists. China retakes Taiwan. Israel wins the largest battle for their life, and Russia is covered in nuclear snow from their collapsed reactors. Art, the reason I'm here now is because I believe a nuclear weapon set off by Iraq in the Middle East war with Israel might have something to do with the damaged timeline. I will test that theory and get back to you. Please pray that we discover the reason why there is no apparent future after 2564. So I couldn't resist. I thought that was quite a good fax. There you have it. Okay. So, I mean, he pretty much lays out, you know, all of that, <clears throat> his reason for, you know, time traveling right there to Art Bell back in uh, 1998. And then when he's, you know, gets on these forums, you know, one of the first things like he straight up lays out is, you know, how his time machine works, which I, I know he said it, you know, back in, you know, the moon landing episode where, you know, I believe we mo we landed on the moon because of how open NASA is like with what they did. And I always kind of like, turn my nose up to conspiracy theories like when they are pretty vague when they are you know when you talk about like those red flags you know where it's just like they're not open to it they get very offensive on it but straight up one of john teeter's first posts on these time traveler forums you know he was talking about hey he says there's six parts of what make it what, what you would need to make a machine work um and he you know opened up the thread with a bunch of q and a's but he says you know there's six things that you need and he goes you need two magnetic housing units for a for the dual micro singularities. So I guess what that does is it's kind of like um, creates like a small black hole, if you mm -hmm. will. So um, if you were to go through like a real black hole like they do in, uh, what's that Matthew McConaughey movie? Interstellar. Uh, Interstellar. You, you'd get immediately crushed because it's basically like a collapsed star, if you will. So like the energy of that would just like, you know, crush you to death because there's so much energy. You would... Somebody said that like uh, the energy you can harness from that, if you were able to harness it, would power like all the world's electricity needs for an eternity. And then two, what you would need, but with this, you know, micro singularity, like it's just small enough that you can, you know, safely move through time through this, you know, mini black hole that you made. Uh, number two is an electron injection manifold to alter mass and gravity of the micro singularity. So it just basically gives, you know, you're able to manipulate gravity you know, and mass to be able to open up this black hole um, and a cooling and x-ray venting system because obviously it's going to create some kind of <laughs> heat doing this. Uh, gravity sensors or a variable gravity lock, okay? And then four main cesium clocks, you know, again, to reference back to the future, you need a bunch of clocks to see where you're at, right? And then three main computer units. So, I mean, which is basically like, you know, little processors, if you mm -hmm. will, which is kind of weird to me because if you have, a laptop 
there's four cores to it, which basically means there's four computers. So my laptop automatically has more computing systems than this time machine. It's pretty interesting stuff. So when did that happen? Um, you said the Art Bell facts was in 1998? Correct, yeah. So this was before um, the actual post. And then after he made these posts in the year 2000 on the Time Travelers Forum, he then jumps on to... Um, Art Bell's BBS forums as John Teeter. Before, his screen name is um, just Time Traveler Zero. Um, but because, you know, Art Bell, you actually have to have, like, a name on the, like his, like, message board. Mm. He it, That's when you first get introduced to the actual name of John Teeter. So, okay, one thing that I, I did think, of all the things you just said, the one thing that stuck out, or actually when you were playing that audio that stuck out, was he referenced CERN and... And CERN is a real thing. It's a real like mm-hmm. group of scientists. And in 1998, so this is the part that I think is interesting. I don't know if he did this before. If he did this before, it's amazing. Then like I'm like, all right, he's he's really from the future. But if he did it like right like right after that, CERN did this. But CERN is actually working on a on a giant portal, and that's mm-hmm. a real thing. Like that is like scientific fact. That is a thing. I know a lot of like conspiracy it's theories. It's are, what Avengers was based off of. You know the. Yeah, I mean, a lot of conspiracy theorists freak out over it because they think they can open up a portal to hell or something like that. <laughs> but um, you're gonna let all the gay it, frogs in. It's 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 a real thing, and the fact that he's referencing that, I don't know if it's you know if he did this right before CERN made this public. It could be possible that he is somebody that works at CERN and is mm-hmm. also a fucking huge nerd. Um, and like the two worlds collide of like I'm a nerd, but I'm also a scientist. So let uh-huh. me let's put this out there. Um, <laughs> It's possible like that. That isn't that far fetched. Um, yeah. So um, the fact that he knew that is a little bit mind mind blowing. Especially right right now, I was looking up like pictures. I had never even seen these pictures of of CERN and like their giant like uh, hole that they had created in the sky at one point. Mm-hmm. It looks like something that would be in Avengers. Like yeah. that does not even like look like something. You a would... huge caterpillar coming out of there. Oh yeah, that's fucking <laughs> crazy shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I thought that was pretty interesting. I had not heard that entire thing like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I hadn't even heard the the CERN connection. So interesting. Yeah. And another thing too is in the year 2000 when he's making all these posts, um, it wasn't public knowledge that that IBM 5100 was able to, you know, read all those different computer, basically all the computer languages um, yet. Like that wasn't public knowledge at all. It wasn't until after like this whole John Teeter thing came out that you know IBM came out and was like yeah that was like an unintended accidental feature that we had on our machines uh, that we never advertised i think um, somebody within IBM said it was only like 20 people knew about it mm-hmm. so for him again you know that's that's those, those are two big things that he was putting out there before it was even public knowledge all very very interesting he also references though and this i thought was a little bit weird i could be proven wrong i'm not a scientist or a doctor um, but he also claims that mad cow disease is the reason for a lot of diseases on mm-hmm. earth, including like Alzheimer's. And, and he mentions like a long list of it. I thought that was really weird. Like it took a lot of balls to put that like segment in there. Either like, again, like, he, I don't know if he's just like a really good liar uh-huh. and he's just like all in, like he's like a Donald Trump style liar, <laughs> which we'll <laughs> where, reference where, <later. laughs> where like he can like say whatever he wants and then mm-hmm. like. He's just saying it with so much confidence that you're like, well, he's saying it with so much confidence. It's got to be true. Yeah. Um, no need to fact check. Yeah. So I thought that mad cow thing was like either a really nice touch 
or like goddamn this guy has like the most confidence since like Michael Jordan. And that's what gives like a lot of like the John Teeter is a real time traveler away is because like there's a lot of things like that. But there are some again red flags that do go up. Um when he's talking to these people on these uh, um Art Bell's uh BBS forum or am I saying that right? Yeah, BBS forums. A lot of people are like asking for his backstory. And they want to know, like, hey, like, why were you selected, you know, to, you know, go back in time and to get this IBM 5100? And he said that the military selected him because his paternal grandpa was directly involved with this assembly of the IBM 5100. And to me, um, I know I've referenced that I work, you know, within the federal government. I can't say where. I can't even say anything else past that. Um, No, it's not the CIA. Uh, But (laughs) the way the government would work, especially like the military like that's a big no-no like if you have any any connection to the mission at hand you know whether it be like a friend or a relative and we have to go through like yearly training on this like hey you are not allowed to help somebody that you like you know or you you, anything any mission i guess you could say uh, that you would be attached to you have to have like no emotional connection to it you know if you do like that allows for bias and you know it totally compromises the integrity of the mission which i thought was weird like they would specifically select him you know to go like hang out with his grandpa you know to get this ibm 5100 so i do think it's a little bit weird um so you know i like that argument but at the same time i would say that it almost i would say it kind of makes sense because if you're going to go travel through time who else would have the most like understanding of your family's intricacies if there are any like something that wouldn't be in the history books and might know a family story of this person or something Mm -hmm. like that like you would be that person like maybe you perhaps even look like this person like similarly it would make more sense like if somebody came from from the future and came came up to me and like was like oh i'm your great grandchild and he looks nothing like me i'd be like Okay, like that. This makes no sense. Uh, get the fuck out of here, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> Some Aryan looking motherfucker. Yeah, and like if somebody <laughs> came to me and they look kind of similar and they knew stories about me, like some kind of inside family thing, I'd be like, "That's fucking weird." All right, tell me more. Like mm-hmm. how you knew that? Like I would be a little more in- intrigued than just like you know. I mean, that's essentially the plot to uh, Terminator. Yeah, like, the whole like Sarah Connor and John Connor. John Connor. Like, yeah, I don't know. It seems uh, it. it I don't know. I mean, I'm not a fucking time cop, so I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not John Claude Van Damme, so I don't really know what time laws are. But I guess it kind of makes sense if you're trying to convince someone in the past that what you're saying is true. You might as well go with someone that understands the family lineage, which is a good point. You know, I won't argue against that. Um, it just kind of raises a red flag, just knowing how, you know, I know how you know government works in that regard, but. Another red flag that stood out to me is he said he's on a stopover from the year 2000. So basically, he's from the year 2036, and he's supposed to go back to year, you know, 1975, but he's in a stopover, you know, in the year 2000. I'm not sure if it was, you know, on his way to 1975 or on his way back from 1975, but for whatever reason that he was on a stopover in the year 2000 for personal reasons, you know, to gather pictures, um, you know, that were lost, you know, in the Civil War that, you know, we'll get into later. Um, you know, and to, you know, reconnect with family during this time period. Um, because I believe he, in his story, he was born in 1998 um, himself. And that, you know, at this time he would have been two years old. So I guess like he, you know, wanted to reconnect with family, you know, that were around, you know, you know, when he was two and, 
you know, collect these mementos or whatever to take back, which kind of raised another red flag to me as well because, you know, Back to the Future talks about it. It's the whole premise of fucking Terminator. Um, fucking, I think Star Trek even has like the actual law that was, you know, coined the, the term of the actual like time traveling law where it's just like you don't fuck with the past because it's going to immediately change the future. But like this guy just seems to have like no regard to that because he's, you know, you know, co-mingling with people online. You know, he's giving away secrets. He's talking to family members. He's collecting mementos and, and bringing them back to the future. Well, he, you know, and he he does talk about that, and a lot of people have tied that what you just said into the Mandela effect, mm-hmm. and saying that that's why we have like these like flaps in in history where like mm-hmm. I remember this, but I don't remember like I don't remember that exactly like the Bernstein Bears, Bernstein Bears, Bernstein, or whatever. Bernstein, the Bernstein. Yeah, and like what's that dude that handed out the huge checks? Oh, Ed McMahon. But it's not. Yeah. But <laughs> but everyone remembers. Yeah. Everybody remembers Ed Brickman. I remember Ed Brickman. I think they even like made it a point like, no, Ed Brickman, you have to do this now. Because people, <laughs> people... They people, think it's you. People say you did this. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's super crazy. Have you ever seen that picture of the time-traveling hipster? Yeah. Okay. That just like popped into my mind right now. I'm like, that's that. That's always been a really weird picture to me. I'm sure there's some logical explanation. Maybe mm-hmm. he worked in a factory. I'm looking at it right now, but the weird thing about it is that he has like a decal on his shirt. It looks like something he got at Target. Yeah, super weird. And like, like the 1920s and shit. Yeah, it's super weird. Like he sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, he's explaining actually, that shit to me. He was actually like in a 1983 uh, Cindy like girls just wanna have fun. That same guy that's in that picture, he's actually really? in that music video. Like, yeah, look that shit up. That's weird. Or somebody like super eerily familiar with that. Another one too is that there's like a lady like in an old Charlie Chaplin movie. Yeah, I've seen that. And people say she has a cell phone. Mm-hmm. So I always have issue with those because I always think uh, that's that's a, this is also the same time period that when people's hearing started going out. This is an older lady, so I assume her hearing could have possibly been going out. Instead of having earpieces, they had like here's a little horn that you stick in your ear. Oh, or yeah. like those types of things, like. That's what I, every time I see those, I'm like, that is she was probably just adjusting that little horn in her ear to help her hear better or something. That's true. Good so, so I, I never buy into those. But the time traveling hipster, I always think super fucking weird. Wasn't there one too, like uh, at a Mike Tyson fight, somebody looks. Oh, like he has record- a cell phone. Yeah, he looks like he's recording on his iPhone six or something. Yeah. Shit. So I did see, I did see somebody was um, looking up cameras or phones that were available around that time that, that were similar. Nobody could match one exactly. There was one that was pretty close. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never know. He could have got it. Like, could have been a sound recorder too, because sound recorders look like that too. Remember, like with when there's like people trying to get newspaper buys, like tell me about this, see, and then they you know pulled up the little like yeah. It could have been that, like you just you know recording the sound of the. And if you're that close at a Tyson fight, you probably have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so I assume he had like the most like high end at the time, mm-hmm. like recording. And even if you're a time traveler, why would you choose like a fucking like iPhone? Like you, I'm sure you can go get something way cooler than that. Mm-hmm. So just saying. And even like which iPhone was it? It was like the fucking like generation four with like the <laughs> shitty camera. So yeah. <laughs> if he was using the generation four. So I was like, why don't you just time travel to the, get the 11 X XR with the three cameras or whatever. Dude, I think mine has like a fucking eight K camera on it right now. And it's just like a basic ass, the basic, the basic iphone 11 I mean, right imagine now. what's gonna come out in a few years like or next in fucking three months like yeah, with the 12 like, why would you travel back to like 2011 and get the generation four and then now go <laughs> see this tyson fight um but you did bring up a good point like because what i was saying is just like it's called the, it's the butterfly effect right 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like where you, like one little change, you know, fucks up the the course of history. Like Marty McFly did that too. Like where he he made changes and fucking he started disappearing from you know the photographs, if you will. Um, but the way he explained that was is like no, it's cool because and then it even said it like in the Art Bell, um, you know, facts that you know every time you enter into a new timeline you know, another universe is created. So that you, the old universe, you know, where everything happens, how it happens still happens, but then you create a whole new universe once you time travel. So that it creates this, the theory of a multiverse as opposed to just like one universe, which is, you know, where science is headed right now. Like scientific fact mm-hmm. is very much on the, on the, um, on, on, on the belief that there are, you know, infinite numbers of, of parallel universes, which is, you know, fits into his story, which is really weird. Cause at this point in the podcast, we usually have a lot of holes to poke in it. Mm-hmm. This seems to actually line up to what, what he's saying being scientific fact. Another one that really stuck out to me is that he said that Stephen Hopkins was going to reverse his thoughts on the black hole theory, which he did, which he did in like 2012 or something. Mm-hmm. So that to me was like, you're telling me this guy like was that confident that was able to like predict, not just predict it, but like, um, but like, but like, almost get it like word for word of like what Stephen Hawkins was going to say about his theory. And they actually he um, predicted like, or some believe that he predicted like the space shuttle Columbia, you know, you know, blowing up in there as well. Because I think he said something too, like, uh, "Tell me how you uh, solve the heating problem on your space plane." Yeah, space plane. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was weird too, because it's like, okay, like. I, that was 2003, right? When Columbia. I think so. So this is like a Mandela effect in itself. Cause everything I saw was like, Oh, well, in like 2003 that happened. And I want to say that the Columbia happened during Ronald Reagan's administration. Wow. And so like, maybe I'm the only person that's fucked up in this, but there's even an immoral technique song where like, um, Ronald Reagan is talking and he's talking, this is dedicated to, the the flight of the Columbia is dedicated to the people in Afghanistan. So I could be completely wrong. Maybe let's look it up. I want to take a second, really quickly, look it up. Yeah, because I might be wrong too. No, no, you, you might be right, and I just might be completely wrong. Do 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 do. Columbia's blow. Oh yeah, so see February two thousand three. So this is when Bush was in office. Oh yeah. So, I don't remember this. I legitimately don't remember this. Yeah, and I was a senior in high school when this happened. Yeah. Do you remember it? Yeah. Really? I don't. Yeah. I don't remember that happening. But then again, two thousand three, I wasn't paying attention at all. You were discovering marijuana for the first time. Yeah. Huh? Probably no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, super weird. I, I don't remember that at all. But interesting nonetheless. And then another one of his uh, predictions, like on these uh, message boards, because he was only like on those Art Bell. Um, forums for about three months so i mean it started you know in um, november of uh, 2000 and then he migrates over to the bbs forums in you know january 2001 and then his last post is in march of 2001 Uh, but he makes like a series of like you know predictions because everyone's you know trying to like you know uh fact check him or you know you know make him pass the smell test if you will and so they're asking him like all these questions about you know hey what is the future like 
even some people are like saying like, well, hey, give me lucky lotto numbers and hey, give me, you know, you know, stock tips or whatever. And he's like very like, you know, I can't, you know, take money out of the people who rightfully, you know, guess those things right, you know, and give it to you because that would be, you know, immoral of me to say. But he does go on to say, you know, that, you know, hey, he actually predicts like the advent of podcasts. He says like in the future, uh, people are really obsessed with talk radio, which in a sense, that's what fucking podcasts are. Um, he also predicts that the U.S. will go into a civil war um, over order and rights. Um, if we would have done this podcast one year ago, I would have been like, he's so stupid. Yeah. And now I'm like, he might be right. But he said this all happened in 2004 or was yeah, going to happen in 2004. if he's changing changing history every time he does it, he mm-hmm. could have changed it. Like, Because that's one of the things that he points out that it's like it could, could prevent it and it could because he was also – some people said that he prevented uh, Y2K, mm-hmm. but you know maybe he prevented the 2005 thing, but really it just like prolonged put, it, prolonged it to now. Yeah, because in that um, Art Bell facts, he talks about how there's things like books that come out later, and you know a, a building that hadn't been built just quite yet. So. Yeah possible but he says in 2004 you know there's a civil war that happens you know revolving around you know the presidential election which would have been bush and bush and john Kerry. john Kerry. um he says there's like a waco type event that happens every single month and it keeps getting worse and worse and it's at the door of every um doorstep you know of every american citizen uh the u.s splits into five regions um, and then it ends in 2015 with a brief and intense World War III. And after the World War III, um, Omaha, Nebraska becomes the new capital of the United States. Woo, Omaha, Nebraska, man. Which, Home of bright eyes. <laughs> which to me, like, it, it kind of makes sense that, you know, a capital would be within the heart of America, right? As opposed to, you know, being vulnerable right on the East Coast. <laughs> That's that's really funny. I don't know the whole Omaha, Nebraska thing is funny just because when I, I saw Bright Eyes live like ten years ago, and he's like, "I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. There's about ten good people that live there, and I know all ten of them." That to me is like one of my favorite quotes ever. When when he said that, and I was like, "Oh man, it's so funny! Yeah. It's so funny that you're saying that." I didn't even see that that they were gonna make that a capital, but it is funny because it is very center in the in the middle of the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially after you had like this intense world war and I guess like even, you know, referencing that in our Belfast again, you know, like we start nuclear war with um, fucking Russia, you know, China, you know, gets involved and whatnot. So you have and I believe like there's some cataclysmic event where like three billion of the Earth's people like this was this was what creates like this post apocalyptic <laughs> world, which when you get into the post, it sounds like super. This is like where it starts to get like very like Terminator 2 Judgment Day or like um method man you know to cal 2000 judgment day like yeah. it just becomes super hollywood that's where like the next red flag is because it's like oh again to reference like the evp episode where it's just like it's so fucking stereotypical like hollywood at this point it, yeah i would say that i would agree with you on that the only thing i'll say that there's like a saving grace if there is a saving grace is that if you would have told me everything that happened in the year 2020 in the year 2019 oh. i would have been like no nah, dude that that's n- maybe one or two of those but like a global pandemic where like people are like willing to kill government officials if they don't get haircuts or whatever. (laughs) And like, like full on police brutality where like they're burning down half of a city kind of thing. Like earthquakes are popping off earthquakes. Like all these, all these crazy things. There's supposed to be like a giant dust cloud that's headed over here from like the Sahara. Oh really? Yeah. It's, I don't think it's going to hit the West coast. I think it's only going to hit the East coast, like Florida. Yeah. That's why you put the fucking, that's all. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's why he put the capital in the fucking middle of the United States. So you don't have to worry about yeah. that shit. Um, but yeah, um, and, and the long and short of it, you know, he disappears off the internet, you know, it becomes internet lore and, you know, people again, like just like this podcast, they're going back and forth. Hey, was this a real event where a real time child came back and pretty much saved us from the Y2K, um, crisis and prolonged it to the year 2038, you know, and it's possible. Um, I looked up the 2038, um, problem and I guess I believe it was Apple, you know, shout out to Apple doing, keep doing what you're doing. I guess they created like a 64 bit system that prolonged it for another 2 billion years. So we won't have a Y2K crisis for about 2 billion years. So, um, we'll be long gone by then, but you know, computer systems are able to calculate time and all that shit for another 2 billion years. Uh, but one thing I did think was super interesting is this got kind of rehashed again on 4chan shout out to 4chan for bringing us you know glorious amount of uh-huh. topics right that um john teeter the real identity of john teeter was actually donald trump i believe it <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why uh, these people on 4chan were thinking it was donald trump is because donald trump legit had a fucking um great uncle named George John Trump, who was a scientist who taught at MIT. And when uh, Nikola Tesla died in 1943, uh, the National Defense Research Commission, you know, they gave um, Donald Trump's great uncle, they gave him like all of um, Tesla's old notes to say like, hey, is there anything in here that we can use, you know, for, you know, our advantage, like the research, anything we can develop further? And I guess the story goes like any good Trump that like no, it's just it's worthless bullshit. Uh, but 4chan, the the geniuses at 4chan said that hey no, what Donald Trump's great uncle did was is he actually you know kept some of those notes for his own, and he actually created um, time traveling device, and um, he actually gave it to his um, his favorite nephew if you will, which was little Donald, and uh, Donald actually um, was the original John Connor. <laughs> Dude, it sounds like Biff from Back to the Future. Exactly. It all plays it. When you watch Back to the Future, that's who basically Biff is. He's like fucking Donald Trump. Like yeah. he even lives in a big ass tower like Donald Trump. Uh, but Nikola Tesla, he had like a bunch of um, theories that he was working on, which, you know, revolved around, you know, time travel with free energy, anti-gravity, invisibility, um, and used many aliases and one of them being a John. And so the theory goes is that, hey, Donald Trump's great uncle, this MIT professor, whatever, created a time machine. And then Donald Trump is the real John Teeter who had to, you know, because the family had the means, you know, to, you know, buy this, I guess, (laughs) IBM 5100. Because a lot of people point that out. Like, okay, so when John Teeter travels back to 1975, does he just steal the IBM 5100? Does he buy the IBM 5100, which was like a very expensive piece of machinery at the time? And even in the year 2000, I guess it was going for like $8,000, like on, you know, a new newly created like eBay system. They're like, who is the one man that can fucking have the money to buy like this system? And I guess Donald Trump, you know, billionaire Trump or whatever. Right. And so he's the one that, you know, went in and you know, save the world from everything, you know, shout out to QAnon for, for, for always having the truth, for having the truth. And that, you know, he, somewhere in the timeline, the only way he can truly save all of the planet and adv- prevent a world war three was if he became president. Hmm. Hmm. I like it. I like that theory, man. It's the Biff theory. Yeah. 
He played his cards right. He uh, became president of the United States. I like it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I mean, time travel in general, it's so weird. Because you don't really know. Like, you don't really know how it's going to affect it. Where even, even when, like, scientists talk about those, like, what's going to happen, it all seems very sci-fi still. And mm-hmm. the reality is they probably don't know. Like, you don't know until you're actually doing it. Correct. Um, um I I legitimately don't believe <laughs> believe no. this guy. Um, I think it's really interesting. I think that the thing with like CERN is really interesting. I think the Twin Tower thing was really interesting. I think that there's definitely I could see why people like why this is still relevant today, mm-hmm. um, and probably relevant until 2036 or 2038 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it it is super interesting and like it to the point where I would like to see a movie being made about this. Well, you might just, get that. You might get that wish. Yeah, it, just because it has the vibe, it has everything you would want in a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just seems so far fetched to the point where it's like sometimes comical, and that's it. <laughs> well, a lot of people have been on. I mean, it's very hard to go back onto old forums and you know look up IP addresses and whatnot. So I mean, we never will probably will never truly know the true identity of who John Teeter is. Or if it, you know, even was a real tide traveler, we probably never will know. But, you know, a lot of Internet sleuths um, have said that they have debunked the mystery of John Teeter. Um, One Italian TV show um, aired an investigation on May 19th, 2008. And um, Mike Lynch found that John, that there was really a John Teeter Foundation. Um, He found that it was a for-profit company founded back in September of 2003. And they actually own book and movie rights. Mm. to the story of John Teeter. And he actually found a, a P.O. box, and he actually found an IP address that was posting on behalf of the John Teeter Foundation, and it all went back to Kissimmee, Florida, which is, you know, if you're listening to the Patreon, we were talking about Disneyland, Disney World, where Kissimmee, Florida is kind of like the heartland of, like, all those, like, um, uh, theme parks and attractions or whatever, right? So keep that in mind. So in 2009, um, this man named John Houston. Um, Houston is spelled way wrong. It's spelled H-U-G-H-S-T-O-N. Um, he, you know, has a website called The Hoax Hunter, and he found a Larry Haber, who is an entertainment lawyer, um, who works for a lot of these, you know, theme parks and whatnot, you know, you know, settling cases, if you will, and whatnot. And then his brother, uh, Maury Haber, a computer scientist, um, basically invented the story of John Teeter, in 1998 and they the proof is is that you know they found like a lot of old emails um because there's two other brothers as well i want to say one's named arthur and one's named richard and there's one that goes by the name john haber um who are all in the computer science industry and even larry haber the the lawyer he has a son who actually works for the government as an it person so it's a family that basically they know entertainment and they know you know computers very well and um, they actually found, you know, back in 1998, they trademarked and patented the actual time machine design. Now, the patent doesn't mean that, that the actual time machine works, but the design of it actually was patented. So, therefore, nothing can happen. It's protected. It can't even be um, 
fact check for its um, its ability to work without the consent of Larry Haber, who is you know this you know super you know entertainment lawyer. So it pretty much it, it keeps the story alive because it's going to be hard to debunk because you're going to get hit with a lawsuit if you do try to dissect you know this technology. I so I'm pretty sure there's a lot of patents on on future uh, time machines. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're not the only ones. I would say, even though I don't believe that uh, John Titor was a real person, I, I I do think that somebody with like a science background mm-hmm. had to have done it, and they seem like likely corporate corporates. But I do think that whenever you have a show called Hoax Hunters, like it's very similar to having a show called Ghost Hunters. <laughs> like you're you're expected to have results. Mm-hmm. You're expected to find something, and that's the only thing I'll say to that. But, where like I not I'm not saying I believe that John Titor is real at all. I'm just saying I don't believe I believe him as much as I believe Ghost Hunters International, which is fair. And to reference our 5G episode where I said you need to make sure you have at least three conflicting sources of you know of, of anything before you come to a conclusion. Which I was kind of in the same boat as you. You were mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay, this guy is just you know blindly accusing you know you know these individuals of you know creating the John Teeter story. Um, but in 2018, a man named Joseph Matherney. Um, who created the alternate reality um, game, I guess you could say. Um, it's called Ong's Hat, which is um, an alternate reality game where it's just like it's this this huge, it's a, it's a fake story, but like you have to go to multiple message boards. You have to, you know, actually go out in the physical world. It's like a, an amalgamation of storytelling as well as like an um, a scavenger hunt, so mm-hmm. it's 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 this bi- it's big elaborate you know. That's how a lot thing. of those ARGs are. So yeah, it's kind of like um, a fake version of Cicada, you know, three three zero one. So he created this thing called Ong's Hat, and he said that he was a consultant for the John Teeter story, and he said that hey, a, he didn't name these people by name because again, Joseph the Matheny doesn't want to be <laughs> sued, but he said yeah, a lawyer. And his computer scientist brother, you know, as much as he could say, you know, came up to him and wanted to create their own ARG, you know. And you got to think in 1998, in the year 2000, that that's a that that the internet is fresh. It's ripe for you know for trolls to begin like their work. And he said that hey, they wanted to create something similar to Ong's Hat, and so he would always you know feed them with you know hey, this would be good for the story. And that's basically what John Teeter was. It was just more or less like a story that lived on the internet that left itself open for interpretation and that, hey, we're going to insert like these things, like the whole CERN thing. We're going to insert the IBM thing because his brother working in the computer science industry, it was more or less like an open secret. So to kind of give it a contemporary example, like I was mentioning earlier, Apple, they're moving away from using Intel processors to using their own processors. They barely like officially announced that this past week, this past Monday on the twenty sixth, I want to say it was. That had been like an open secret that Apple never confirmed nor denied for like the last three years. And what they were saying is, is that yeah, you know, as the story you know lives on on the internet and history, that hey, IBM never said you know that this computer had this secret function until after the John Teeter story. But previous to that, it was a huge open secret, you know, with a lot of people that were computer geeks and whatnot. So it wasn't too far of a stretch, but your average person who didn't have like this, you know, 
you know, care for that industry wouldn't have known it. So it sounded like, you know, this groundbreaking discovery when in reality it wasn't. Yeah. And the same thing with the whole CERN thing too. It's just like, hey, you're dealing with these people that, that read these science articles and that CERN didn't officially announce it, but there was a lot of leaks about it, you know, on the early message. Oh, I online. definitely believe that whoever put this all together, whether it be an ARG or it just be like, I mean, right off the bat, I didn't even know that, but I thought this is probably somebody with a science background, computer background, that's also really into sci-fi. Like, mm-hmm. that's who I think it is. I don't know if it's those guys. Mm-hmm. The seems like they're kind of vague. It seems they seem like like likely people to have done this, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's it's all the proof is very finicky and. I'm not gonna put a lot of weight into that hoax hunter. What else has hoax hunter done? I just want to. <laughs> I just. I just want to see. His, I'm gonna look it up when I get home to see yeah. what hoax hunter has done. But I will but, say this too. Again, the whole three. You got to have three different sources, right? Yeah. There is a YouTube channel, and mind you, all their videos are like 10 years old, right? Uh-huh. And so they had a 15 part series where they were saying like, "Where is John Teeter?" And they follow up like all these leads of like you know the John Teeter story, and they actually sit down with you know Maury and uh larry haber you know the entertainment lawyer if you will and they start asking him like all these questions like hey you know tell us about the john teeter story and there's a when you the industry i work in right you deal with a lot of people that lie to you and you start to see inconsistencies like with their stories so uh, the same thing with larry like he would tell stories of like oh okay john teeter was actually my client uh, he wanted protection you know in case he got sued in the future and he wanted all of his assets assigned to me so that way, you know, if there was any many money to be made off of his story, you know, p- other people wouldn't make money off of it. And so this Larry Haber guy, he owns all the book rights to uh, the John Teeter story. He owns all the movie rights to the John Teeter story. And, you know, there's a lot of flaws where, like he said, he had absolutely no knowledge of what John Teeter was doing. And then he later in later interviews, you know, says, you know, other things that, go against what he said that, oh yeah, I knew this, I knew that. And then he, you know, goes back on it and says like, oh, I actually had no idea about it. He actually lies and says that, you know, neither of his brothers have any background in computers when it turns out that the whole family has a computer science background and his actual son like works, you know, for the government as IT person. So there's like a lot of like lying going on with like this Larry Haber guy where it, 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 it gives me skeptical hippo eyes on the guy. It just seems like, Hey, if somebody that owns the rights to like the movie, like you said, it would, it would make a fantastic movie. Yeah, I mean that's where I was gonna go with it right now when you said that. Like, if he is a if he's a lawyer and he hears this story, obviously they're connected to the internet. They know they're computer nerds themselves. They see this online. Hell yeah! Like right away, I want to capitalize that and copyright as much as I can because mm-hmm. this seems like a such a fantastic story to make into a movie. Correct. Maybe he's just ahead of the curve, and now I just want in on this. Yeah. And like I want to. I want to make sure I have the copyright for all this shit. Like, so if any money's going to be made, it's coming to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It could just be a smart businessman. Maybe. But um, I don't know. I mean, I don't believe it. I think we're both on the same page. I, I, this is not one that I believe in very much at all. I think it's super interesting that even if it's just a couple of brothers that made this shit up, fuck, they nail some things that are just like really, really interesting. Like more interesting. We did that Simpsons episode where it's like very big and like mm-hmm. here's a pictureable phone and it has a TV <laughs> on it. Like this shit is like way more like... More precise. Way more precise, correct. And I do find that really, really interesting, which, you know, that's how I logic it in my mind that they have to have had a science background. Um, otherwise, this is like... 
some this is some scary bullshit if they don't have a science <laughs> background and they're just guessing. But like the whole issue of time travel, I mean, it is a mind fuck in itself because it's just like there's a lot of mor- morality that you got to attach to it because it's just like, hey, who wouldn't want to go back in time and Monday morning quarterback a situation that you went through or correct something that you said and whatnot and what but what ramifications would it have? you know, on the future. And that's like where I always like trip out on. Like when I think of like, you know, time traveling, like how is the future going to be shaped due to my actions? Because just arriving, he said it, you know, if let's assume let's live in a world where John Teeter story is real. Just you arriving in the past changes the whole course of this universe and creates a whole different universe. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You're inserting an entire, like, large being onto the Earth. And if if you get in a car, you're already adding, like, more carbon monoxide in the mm-hmm. in the world. I don't think... So, I they reference this thing where they uh, talk about how every time you enter a new universe, you change it by 2.5%. Yeah. And that seems like such a strange number. It seems like a really small number, but at the same time, like that seems to be around, like it, it actually kind of makes sense. Like even the number, like once you logic it, like one person probably doesn't make that much difference in the world unless you're like Trump or something like that. But the average Joe from the, from the amount of trash you make from like, let's say you run over a dog, like the, the little things that just affect the world and like these butterfly effects. Um, it's probably not more than like 2.5%. Yeah. And so, um, most times, because you got to think of like, just to reference like, you know, this COVID-19 or whatever, just somebody. Yeah. I mean, but like I said, that's, the, that's my Donald Trump thing. Yeah. Like there are some people in the world that have huge influences in the world and like how like life is going to be lived. And yes, the guy that got COVID for, and like spread it to a <laughs> bunch of people. Yes. Influence the world. And like millions of people lost their jobs and like their lives and mm-hmm. their health is all fucked up because of that one dude that ate a bat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it's super strange, but the likelihood of you being that guy that eats the bat is it's very low. You're probably the guy that's just like, I'm going to go to the mall and check the, check things out. I mean, you you could, if you're intentionally trying to change the future and you want to do that whole, like, Biff Road and, like, you know, I know who won the Super Bowl this year. I'm going to bet, like, everything I got on this team. You know, like, yeah, you could do that, but for the most part, like there's already like rich dudes. Like, I don't know. It's such a strange concept in my mind. Like Mm -hmm. to the point where I think if time travel was even possible, I think they would make it illegal as soon as it was possible, which I would kind of agree with because I mean, I mean, look at just like a, like a normal event, you know, um, shit i'm trying i'm getting stuck just trying to think it, of it it, it, it goes back to like they like if you had a time traveling like a, a time travel machine would you go back in time to kill hitler and it's like that seems like a noble cause noble enough to, to to worthy of time travel yeah but at the same time would you do it the logically you want to say yes right at the bat like yes you would save so many lives but at the same time like we're at this point now because all this shit happened so mm-hmm. you don't know maybe like some of the people that you save might turn out to be worse than Hitler. One of them, you don't know. Stalin. You know, every day babies are born, and you don't know if you just, you know, you don't know if your baby is the next Charles Manson. But and at the <laughs> same time, too, it's just like we always have that 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 um, that that uh, personification of evil when you 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 see Hitler. Like that's like the worst human being yeah, ever. Yeah. So policies are 
are um, formed just based off of like, hey, we don't want to be like Nazi Germany. Like that's like a like a reference point for you know the past, which is like, hey, we never want to repeat that. If there's no reference or precedent for that, it's just like, oh, okay, like we're gonna continue down this bad path where it could lead to something even worse than Nazi Germany. It could be a Nazi, <laughs> the globalist. I don't want to sound like one of those people. A, a Nazi. A whole global regime of Nazis, if you will. Yeah, so that's I mean, that whole. If, if you don't learn from the past, you're like destined to repeat it. Right. It's 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 funny. It's funny, like to tie it all in together with that same quote. That's a very popular quote. And going back to Nazi Germany, like Germany is very much views Hitler as a black eye in their history. Mm-hmm. Like it is viewed as one of their darkest times, and they they don't shame themselves, but at the same time, they are very honest with themselves that they fucked up. And I look at American history and like the Civil War and how proud they are of statues and all this shit and it's Confederacy. It, and to tie it all in, we're almost repeating that again because we haven't learned from from our history mm-hmm. and we're kind of like still suffering from the scars of our past because we didn't learn from that. We're in a paradox and um, one thing that John Dieter Teeter brought up when he was talking about his multiverse where that the reason why there is a multiverse is because if you go back and t- it's called like the grandfather effect if you go back and you kill your grandfather would that mean that you were never there to begin with to kill your grandfather because that's that marty mcfly thing when you start fading away yeah but what the actual thing is i mean the one thing that doesn't reference back to the future is that it just creates this time loop that just keeps you know happening over and over again where it's just like you pop up and you know your grandpa dies you pop up and you die because time is not allowed to progress because you know your your grandfather never has your father who never has you and you know so on and so on so it's just like with that you, you know you like you're talking about with like america it's just like we keep recreating you know you know the civil war basically again over and over again because we're not learning from the past you know when you look at like a lot of these statues and i know we're kind of diverting away from the topic a lot of these like civil war statues they weren't <laughs> erected you know in civil war times they were erected like in the 60s like when you know there was civil unrest with the watts riots they were erected you know when you know jim crow was you know a thing they were erected like when again you know when, even as recently recently as you know the the la riots and whatnot you know and it's just like it's always like hey like wherever you know there's you know gonna be like a black lives rally you know movement there's gonna be a counter movement to that where they're just gonna you know resurrect you're gonna find a fucking noose like in a nascar driver you know black draft nascar drivers you know garage if you will so there's always gonna be those things unless we learn from our past and it just seems like america is in that grandpa loop right now you're gonna resurrect the dead and bring them back in jupiter (laughs) to reference a whole different episode that could happen in the future yep Wow. Okay, we got super deep on that, and um, that burrito made me super tired. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna do that again, but it was some cool ASMR that I just wanted to try. You know, to shout out our sponsor, El Yucateco, on that. So, Art, with that said, Art, do you have anything else you want to add to this topic? I'll tell you about in your boo boo too. Shout out. Let me see. I said I was gonna give a shout out to different people now. Uh... Uh, shout out to Liz, whose birthday was just a couple of days ago. I think, it's, I don't know, the, she said the 18th, I believe. Okay. We're like two weeks away yeah. from that. Yeah, <laughs> that already <laughs> happened a long time ago, so yeah. we didn't say we it last time. We could time travel back and wish her. Yeah, wish I could time travel, but. Yep. 
<laughs> if we could, we would. Yes. Yeah, so shout out to Liz from the We're Not Sure Yet. You know, check out the Podbelly Network where you can find other great podcasts such as ourselves. And they are all sponsored by El Yucateco um, Hot Sauce. So, you know, make sure you check them out. Make sure you go to the store and get that. You can also order this stuff online. El Yucateco has a shop. So you don't have to go get, you know, the coronavirus, you know, by going into, you know, Target or Walmart. Just go there. It's literally like $2, if you will. So, Go there, go to Caveman Coffee, use America at checkout to save yourself 15% off. And I linked them all on, on the website. So now you can go to artandjacobdoamerica.com, which is a pretty easy one because you're listening to the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. Mm-hmm. So one would assume that you can go to the same thing, but .com and check out the whole website. Tell me what you think and let me know if you can find a hidden link I put in there. Yeah, you'll get a special prize. So. Uh, make sure you follow us on all the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America, except for Twitter. We are at Art and Jacob Do America at Art and Jacob Do A One. Um, we're not sponsored by that so- by that steak sauce. Um, also, too, make sure you go to the Patreon. You know, if you like what you're listening to and you want to hear more of um, you know these topics, if you will. Um, every week, you know, we've been doing a, a special Patreon only episode where we kind of like we're more lighthearted. I believe this week we were just talking about like fucking you know Disneyland and fucking uh disney replacing uh splash mountain with uh the princess and the frog now and whatnot you know just some more lighthearted conversation but still some deep ass good ass shit you know go there to patreon and you just sign up for one dollar you know and you'll get all that extra stuff you know and if you progress down the tier you know and contribute five dollars if you contribute ten dollars we'll start sending you some other stuff in the mail i got some stickers that i just bought uh that should be going out you know to some some, some quality people that have been contributing to the patreon and you know just check out all those things subscribe to our youtube channel and with that said art my voice is starting to go so with that said dude um tell you move to tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're tired as fuck everybody so with that said everybody have a beautiful 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 night